1: You asked for it, we're delivering it. More information on investing in real estate. So what we have been covering are those basic rules to take a tactical practical approach to investing in real estate. This is a continuation really of the last chapter in Harris Rules, our number one international selling book. Um, And by the way, this is an unofficial announcement. There's going to be a Harris Rules updated version that's going to come out in about a year we've signed on with a new publisher and they want us to update it, they want us to come up with more stories, add more investing content stuff like that. So you guys are the first to hear about it. We're going to be releasing that probably in early of 2019. So listen, investing in multifamily, investing in real estate in general, that's something that has a lot of misinformation, a lot of, you know, information that's out there that allows and here's what happens when you have too much information you don't have a clear path to follow you get overwhelmed most people do not knowing where to start and as a result of that they never make an investment julie and i have literally have had thousands of coaching calls informal conversations while you're getting your haircut. people you're sitting next to on the plane our neighbors that we've talked to about investing in real estate and it was pretty funny over a what was it like a barbecue at our neighbor's house you know here in texas so you don't have cookouts or barbecues who is the guys a um, What is he? What kind of surgeon is he, Julie? What kind of surgeon is Ryan?
2: Uh, I think he's like an orthopedic, something bone related. Something
1: or another, yeah. So anyway, we were talking to
2: some of our other neighbors with bone issues, is why I know that. That's right.
1: So we were talking to him about investing in rental properties, and then like we ran into him at another just sort of you know casual sit down about four months later, and he'd already purchased six you know, based on the information we said. So really, guys, the moral of the story here is investing in real estate, especially if you're in the business, is truly a no-brainer. And yet it's the one thing that most agents don't do. So we went over some of the basic rules and we kind of gave you guys an overview of some of the other things you need to consider on the previous podcast. We're also about investing in real estate. We did those last week, if you want to go back and listen to those. Again, we are intentionally trying to keep this simple. We're keeping a lot of the formulas and a lot of the math out of it. Because really, at the end of the day, when you're getting started, Um, There's not very many numbers to really take into consideration. It's pretty much a focused approach on making a wise investment. The one thing that we're emphasizing that we want all of you to to never forget, all of you guys never to forget, is that, and this is again, this is just a really nice approach. We're not just going to basically blow sunshine up your butts about investing in real estate. The fact is there are tons of pitfalls. There are tons of potential problems where you could run into trouble. That's the reason that we want you to have a very strong financial uh, you know, framework before you start venturing into buying a single family or multifamily real estate. And the mindset you have to approach is that you're literally running a business. So every property you purchase literally is its own LLC. I mean, quite literally, it's its own LLC. It's literally its own, you know, has its customer, has its, you know, maintenance, has everything, has everything a normal house would have. When it goes vacant, you're going to need a marketing plan. I mean, that's the way to think of it. Because when you take that approach, in other words, don't be passive, you're going to find you have a lot better experience. Um, so again, listen to the shows we did the other day. Now, before Julie picks up where she, uh, we left off uh, Friday, talk, and, we're, and we're going to talk about multifamilies a little bit today, um, I want to give you guys three quick reminders. Number one, if you've not registered for the agentmillions.com, agentmillions.com, Agent sorry, we're going to be doing a couple more of those this month. Agent Millions is where I interview, well, actually, Jillian and I interview, it's, I think, 19 of our top uh, coaching clients, but also a lot of the folks that you guys know from Bravo TV, Frederick Eklund's uh, interviewed. A lot of other folks that are frankly some of the most successful and richest uh, people in real estate, and they are all part of this event. So just go to agentmillions.com. Second announcement we are going to be doing a live event in July. It's going to be a mastermind event, it's not going to be a selling event. Now, I want to emphasize that because I don't know of anyone else that's doing this frankly in other words we're not going to be selling anything at this event you're not going to show up and then get pressured to buy a ticket for something else or not going to show up and get pressured to buy anything nothing is going to be for sale this is going to be a real honest to god mastermind it's probably going to take place the last week in july i'm sorry the last saturday in july we are designing this event so basically you guys can come into austin uh basically have an an intense day and then on so basically friday ideally you guys would come into town thursday or friday Um, friday there's going to be a casual get together saturday it's going to be an all-day event uh sunday is going to be another casual get together and you guys can fly home so you will not it will not disrupt your business or your personal life and that day-long event is going to be intense i'm working on having um a author, uh, speak for a couple hours in the afternoon on Saturday or something like that. It's, but guys, listen, this is going to be the type of event. Well, many of you, I was, you know, Julie and I were talking about this. Many of you have never attended an event like this because literally every real estate event you ever attend is only trying to cover the surface information to get you wet your appetite basically. So then you'll buy a ticket for the next event or you'll buy coaching. They're all trying to sell you something. And, um, I hate those events personally. I, you know, Julie and I. This re- one of the reasons we don't like to do events. Period, is because so many of the events out there, all they are basically are just cat and monkey shows, and we don't want to participate in that sort of thing. So unless we can do a mastermind like what we're going to be doing here, we're not going to do an event. And we did a poll. You guys were really interested. But here's the caveat. Remember, I told you this. We're going to be putting an Eventbrite page together. We're going to be talking about it. Our first, uh, our elite coaching members, our own personal coaching members, are going to have access to it first. Uh, they're going to have 24 hour access, advanced access to so elite coaching members. Remember that you either buy your ticket or you don't. And then after that, it's going to go to the VIP members. And then after that, it's going to go to the premier coaching members. Um, so we are only selling 50 seats. That's it. And uh, the tickets are going to be somewhere between 500 and a thousand bucks. We're still working on how much everything's going to cost the author or whoever we have this afternoon of Saturday is going to be the big unknown. And we're dealing with the hotel. Hey, Julie, can you write that down so we don't forget to call them today, call them back? So yep. we're gonna work okay. on all we're gonna work on all that. We're gonna hammer out all the expense, but I suspect the tickets are gonna be around seven hundred and fifty bucks. I announced this last week on the podcast just once, and we had a whole bunch of emails. So I'm gonna announce it one more time. Uh, if you are interested, do email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and uh, I'll make sure that you get an email right away. But remember the tickets are gonna be available to our personal coaching clients first our elite coaching clients, those are, and then the VIPs and then the premier coaching members. And we probably, I'm sure we're gonna sell it out within like the first couple of days so um yeah i know a lot of you guys have wanted us to do a live event you know that we don't really do a lot of live events i mean with the live events we do are generally pers or private events where a broker will fly us out or something like that but they're generally not open just to the you know agents who are not members of that brokerage or whatever but this is going to be different just for our premier coaching members and if this goes well we're going to start doing one of these probably once a quarter we like doing small events because we can actually disseminate high content, high level of content and make it so when people walk away, we want you guys to, you know, hopefully you feel this way from premier coaching and from being uh, the listeners to the podcast where you guys go like, damn, that was incredible. I mean, we want, you know, we went a double damn for the life of ben. We want yep. you guys to see this as one of the best, coolest things you've ever attended. And if we can't do it like that, we won't do it at all. All right. So one more quick announcement that I'm done, Julie, I'll shut up in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Free we'll coaching calls. <laughs> uh-huh free coaching calls some of you guys have asked directly an email for a free coaching call you don't need to just go to free coaching calls for agents.com free coaching calls for agents.com and when you do you will not only get a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches who will help you create your lead generation wheel but you will also get it's actually five of our books and um one of the books that everyone raves about is and and julie this is another one we need to talk with our publisher about maybe republishing um but the uh the uh, i'm sorry the real estate treasure map that is the book that you guys need to get it's your fill-in-the-blank business plan so definitely get your hands on that one okay so as promised julie i'm shutting yes. up the microphone is yours
2: all right so real quickly just a reminder if you don't have your harris rules book yet it's super easy to get on amazon.com and you can download that to your device you can listen to the audible version or you can simply get the good old-fashioned Old school, hardback, real, honest God book that you don't have to plug in. So, any of those are yours. Just go to Amazon.com and order those up. Quick review. <laughs> Excuse me, from Angelina Johnson writes, this book is great for agents on every level. I've struggled in making income geared towards freedom, but since reading this book, I've written down goals for the very first time. I'm working with my broker and having him as my accountability partner. So nice job on that, Angelina in Michigan. And then we have uh, someone who is kind enough to write in their title, one of the best books about real estate. And writes, this book clarifies what has to be done step by step. I'll read it again and again. So many good tips. It helped me to be clear in my end goals and break them down. Just read it. So I'll leave those reviews. There's tons of them over there. We always appreciate all of you. So on Facebook, a quick shout out to Robbie Quinn. Robbie writes, Just completed my first prospecting session doing circle prospecting around a listing I have under contract. One of the first people I talked to are building a new home and looking to put their home on the market in February. I was amazed. I used the Mojo, he's uh, referring to mojocells.com, I used the Mojo three-line dialer, and to be honest, I was a bit terrified to start. It really wasn't close to being as bad as the story I'd made up in my mind. It opened my eyes to the endless opportunities that we all have. Just wanted to share if anyone has reluctancy to start dialing. Nice job on that, Robbie. And I always joke with coaching clients, look, you know, the real estate gods only reward those who make an effort, and he had self-admittedly made up this big kind of event in his mind that this was going to be worse than it was and lo and behold behold one of the first people he calls in that neighborhood with his pending will be hopefully his next listing so keep up the good work and thank you for posting that to set yourself as an example of doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it and you got great results because you did it anyway back to you tim
1: Julie, you know what, I, I mean, this is coming. of just pops into my head, but if we had to start prospecting again, and you and I haven't prospected, you know, real estate forever, I mean, we, you know, but if we had to prospect again, listeners, and Julie and I used to do, we used to be monster prospectors, we'd start every morning at the same time, you know, we'd literally, Julie and I's only goal in the morning after we did our morning routine, it's just everything we coach you guys to do Was each to set a pre-qualified listing appointment, but if I had to start prospecting again, Julie, I'd probably be a little nervous, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, I I think that uh, Jeb Blount's book hits the nail on the head with prospecting when he, and one of his early chapters says, guess what? Nobody loves this. Nobody pops out of bed going, woohoo, time to prospect. I, I really think if there are people like that, maybe they need their head checked because that's not normal, but that doesn't mean that it's not effective. So yeah, of course. I mean, I think anytime you're talking to people that you don't know and, you know, they're going to ask you questions that maybe you don't already know ahead of time, but that's why we have great scripts. Once you get it going and you get some level of comfort, it's funny to see how these guys get immediately addicted to the results. Like Robbie, I guarantee well, you, you know he's going to get himself on the phone a lot faster now that he knows that there's results behind that call.
1: Well, that but if that's it, right there. Julie just hit the nail on the head. If you guys aren't, if I see a couple people on our private Facebook page meaning they're premier coaching members, and they just are addicted to asking more, getting ready to get started questions. They just want a little bit more information, even though all the information, every single question they're asking is already basically waiting for them on premier coaching. They don't want to log in and find it. They're just looking for more and more excuses to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. In other words, they are, and here's what happens. So you guys continue to procrastinate the very basic thing that every salesperson, which you are, uh, has to do in order to make money, which you do, which is called prospecting the longer you procrastinate that the more stressful it becomes the longer you think about it the worse it becomes the longer you you know basically wait to get started because i need to get better at this and i need to practice that and i have one more question you guys are just never going to do it some of you if you continue on the behavioral pattern the only way to really get good at something is to jump in the deep end and then along the way and this is really important we do not want you learning and then months later earning. We want you to learn while you earn and every single thing that Julie and I say publicly and privately is always geared towards that. We do not assume any of you are coming to this business with a bunch of money we 're assuming all of you are needing to make money now pretty safe assumption don 't you think so that 's the reason when we ask you to do things the you know the massive action plans, all the specific plans we have as far as premier coaching, if you are absolutely positively you know, screwed financially right now. Well, guess what? Coach Julie created a plan. Julie, what's it called?
2: Well, we have the ninety-day massive action plan. We have the survival plan if you're living check to check and you're not sure how you're paying your bills next month. And of course, we have the all-encompassing real estate treasure map. So, really, they don't have any excuses. We even have a brand-spanking new agent plan. So, don't come crying to us saying you don't know what to do. <laughs> That's what I always remind my premier. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, l- listen, guys, we're going to jump uh, back in. We're going to talk about investing. Um, and the topic of investing is something that all of you are interested in. Uh, it's overwhelming for a lot of you because you don't know where to get started. Your brain fills with all these what ifs. And so we're going to, again, give you the information, very bite-sized pieces so that you can at least get yourself mentally and emotionally to the point where you purchased your first property, you purchased another one. I, I now, now, Julie's going to get to the next point, the first point in multifamily. This we're gonna, she's going to go over six critical must-know rules, um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to pivot and we're going to talk a little bit more about a formula that we use, and uh, maybe tomorrow for basically identifying properties. Um, the biggest hurdle that I'm getting from Julie, that I'm hearing from our listeners, is that, and they all say basically the same thing: there's no properties in my marketplace california for example new york for example miami for example where the numbers make sense well guess what that's probably true and so you need to leave that market i mean not like physically leave necessarily but you need to seriously consider starting to buy rental properties in different markets Um, and uh, here's a little here's a little heads up for all of you there are a number of big investing companies i mentioned this last week based out of new york who are purchasing rental properties uh, in you know, these secondary and third markets. I mentioned some of them the other day. Uh, American Homes for Rent is one of them. BlackRock is another. And you guys can go and see where they're actually buying properties. And if you buy properties in the same markets, you're going to get the same return on investment. I personally have done that when Julie and I were realizing that in our own our old, like Columbus, Ohio, the market is like now for a little dinky house that we've been buying, these dinky houses we've been buying forever. And now those dinky houses are selling for over $200 a square foot. Well, that number doesn't, those are the, yeah, it doesn't work for us anymore. So we have to go to other markets. Yes, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So so now what we're doing is we're looking in these other markets, but what, I didn't want to investigate every single market in the world. So what we did is we basically went to these guys who were purchasing lots and lots of houses. I learned our coaching clients actually the formula for what they use you know because we have coaching clients in all these markets in which these big companies are buying real estate and and a lot of you don't realize this but these big huge you know venture funded companies they're purchasing these properties to hold they're not going to sell them i mean they're not that's not they're not flipping them they're buying them as long-term rental properties and so what that has done is it's caused a lot of the first-time home buyer houses like in columbus ohio to go through the roof to the point now where basically there's going to be people that'll have to rent forever because they're never going to be able to afford a house. I'm not you know, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't really matter. It is what it is. I'm the property investor and so are you. So what we're looking for is the markets where they're moving towards where they haven't ran the prices up yet. But there are some markets like Indianapolis, Indiana, for example, uh, around Butler University, where they're purchasing so many properties. They're competing with first-time buyers and kicking their butts because they're Sometimes you guys aren't going to believe this, but it's true. They're paying over asking price in some cases for these first time homebuyer houses and beating uh, first time buyers out, obviously. And and then they're putting those those houses for rent. They generally are speaking are not buying fixer uppers. They're buying houses that are already in good shape. They're buying houses that are retail ready houses. They could just stick tenants in. Same thing that we're doing. Same thing that you guys need to do as well. So if there's no properties in your backyard, California, San Francisco, most of the country, Austin, Texas, oh my gosh. I mean, look, move outside of your market and look to where these guys are purchasing. Charlottesville, North Carolina, north part of Atlanta, Houston, actually, Dallas. There's areas in there. Austin, for the most part, is too expensive. You guys with me on this? So don't look for the first, oh, I can't find anything in my marketplace. Don't use that as your excuse not to continue on the path of purchasing property. Jules?
2: Yes, absolutely. And I have created these uh, these podcast content outlines, however you want to put this in such a fashion that we're educating them, motivating them, but also helping to fill in the gaps where some of you guys have dabbled in this before. Maybe you have run away from it and always referred your potential multifamily buyers, for example, or even listings to commercial agents because you simply weren't comfortable talking about it, understanding it, and monetizing it. So I've kind of got both things in mind here. We are going to start with why would you want to look at multi-families? And we talk a lot about our single families, but we're going to get into multifamily as well. And then on future shows, we'll talk about how you actually create value after you purchase them. So why do you want to look at this? Well, number one, cash flow. Apartments generate monthly income or what we call stakes in the freezer. Monthly income, this is at least semi-passive. Some people call this walking around money. It comes in even if you sleep. So We like cash flow. Point number two, control. You have the ability to control every decision that affects your investment. How much is the rent? Who's managing? Do you have a property manager? Are you doing it yourself? Who do you use for repairs? You have control of this business. Number three, tax advantages. And I think we'll probably do a whole show on this as well. Uh, Tax advantages is not what you make, it's what you keep. And in real estate, uh, real estate investing, lots of tax benefits. Why would the government create advantages for this tax class? Because they realize that they can't always be the ones delivering affordable housing. And by offering these benefits, it's trying to stimulate the private sector, that's you and me, to create that affordable housing and they give us some nice benefits. Uh, And again, that's a sideline that will be its own show. I'm doing these kind of fast because we're gonna run out of time. Point number four, economy of scale. Now this is a big advantage when you're trying to scale up your business. It can be easier trying to collect rent from 30 tenants in one building than running all across town to collect from say 30 single families, which I can attest to both sides of that. It's easier and more cost effective to have more units under one roof with one management structure. So economies of scale. And then number five, ability to force the appreciation. Again, that's gonna be its own show about how to create value. The value is not as reliant on comps like regular real estate is, as it is your ability to increase the value through knowing the net operating income okay now we've just wandered into one of those commercial sounding terms the NOI oh no freak out residential agents got to refer that off nope we're going to give you wings on this what is net operating income it's a simple calculation used to analyze the real estate investment that generate income net operating income that's NOI equals all of your revenue From the property minus all of your reasonably necessary operating expenses. That's all it is. So you can have an effect on that. And I'm probably going too fast. But number six, velocity of your money. Remember, we talk a lot that you're not going to get rich from going from commission check to commission check. It's what you do with your commission checks that gets you into that freedom status where your money is working for you, you're not working for it. And this is one of those ways you can bridge that gap, the velocity of money. This is the ability to refinance. I would, I, I don't like the word velocity, I would say more of diversity of your money, diversification. What's an I income like this, spoke, right? Yeah, I mean, this is an argument that, that often we use when people say, oh, you should only be in the stock market. Well, look at the, the freedom you have with us When you have, real estate and, you know, an in investment, you can refinance it and pull money out, withdrawing some equity. You can control the asset. You can invest the refinanced proceeds into another property. You can keep it, you can sell it, you can live in it if you want to. You I mean, there's lots of different things. That's why banks, talk about velocitizing money. They borrow funds from their customers and lend the proceeds to individuals looking for loans. The faster the money moves, the wealthier you become. That's kind of one of those weird concepts. But really, I would say it's the diversity of it that you and I like is that you can do different things with that property. You can pay it off or not. You can mortgage it or not. You can rent it or not. You can VRBO it. There's all these different options. So that's what I like about it. And I wanted to do this show just kind of getting them into why we would care to do something like this and also why your potential buyers and sellers care and tomorrow we're going to do something on the tax benefits we're not accountants or attorneys but we're going to at least expose you guys to some of those tax benefits back to you tim and then i'm shortly going to get ready for my premiere call
1: so julie just rattled off probably what sounds like the next five or six shows like i said you guys have been asking for us to deep dive into the investing side of it and that's what we're going to do you ask for it, yeah. you're gonna get it. We listen, we read the emails. Oh. Uh, you know what? Julie just said something that's kind of funny, and I always like to ask this question. That would be great to ask this. You know, we do this in front of a when we do this in front of a live event, the result's always hilarious to me anyway. So you guys here, think about this. You buy a rental property this year. Okay, let's say you put down thirty percent, and let's say it appreciates six, seven, eight percent, ten years, fifteen years, let's say. The tenant's paid it off. You've had some cash flow on it. Let's say you've maybe made two or three hundred bucks. You don't spend any of that two or three hundred bucks. You've always paid, thrown it at paying down the mortgage. You guys with me on this? Say it's, uh, and, and let's say you, uh, it's paid off in 12 years, let's say you've raised the rents. There hasn't been any major maintenance or upkeep. Remember I told you on the previous show that Julie and I are not advocates of buying fixer uppers. A lot of you guys have it in your head that you have to buy things that you can build in equity. We do that too. But the truth is, is you're almost always better off if you buy something that's already done. You can get a tenant in there faster and start making money from it faster. So the property is paid off in say 10 or 12 years. Um, then you want to go and you want to borrow money against it. Let's just say you want to go, It's let's say now it's worth $400,000. You want to you know, go for a trip around the world. And, uh, you know, you still have a tenant and it's making the payment, it's been making the payment. Now it's just basically cash flow, And you want to go and borrow $100,000, put a $100,000 mortgage on this house that is paid off that now has, uh, you know, basically has 400,000 in equity. So do you have to pay taxes on that 100 grand? Hmm. Do you? Do you have to pay taxes on that money when you go and refinance it and pull equity out of your house? No, you do not. You do not have to pay taxes on it, which means you can borrow against your rental properties, have no income tax on them, and have the tenant make the payment so the tenant will pay for your trip around the world. You guys get it? It's all good. So rental properties, yes, rental properties, as Julie said, creates leverage for you that you can't do with stocks. You can borrow against your stocks and all that, but the one thing that rental property does, that nothing else that I'm aware of does, one could argue a business actually, but for the most part, Rental property does something other things don't. It gets you appreciation, hypothetical appreciation, right? You know, last real estate crash, taught us that's not something you want to count on. But let's say appreciation and it gets you depreciation. That's a tax term, which means it'll save you money in taxes and it gets you cash flow. Cash flow sometimes obviously sucks when you first buy one. But over time, it will uh, basically work out in your favor where you guys get burned on buying rental properties is you buy in the wrong areas that you don't have that you are banking on only appreciation in other words and i hear this from coaching clients mostly in california market goes up so and so i'm going to buy this and da, da 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 well what do you what's the cash flow like well i'm losing money on it every month i'm going to feed this property every month in other words you're going to plan on subsidizing your tenants lifestyle by living in your property well that's not a good idea so what happens then is you basically have a tenant go vacant now you're having to make the whole payment Then maybe there's a step back in your own personal economy or the economy on a whole. And then that property goes back to the bank and there goes your plan. You see, this is where you guys uh, take too much risk when you don't have the cash flow to support it. That's the reason that julie and i suggest that if the cash flow doesn't work in your particular markets get out of your markets look nationwide oh my gosh tim the management fees will eat my uh, cash flow no it won't you can get most property managers to manage your properties for you if you want to for six percent but here's what julie and i do when we purchase a property that's out of state we'll use a local agent to lease it maybe a property management company to lease it and then julie actually will manage it ourselves through Buildium or something like that. We're gonna talk about these different software programs. We use Buildium. And then the tenants pay their rent. It all happens digitally. And you know the only real thing that happens from a managerial perspective is when um, there's a problem with the property and we have American Home Shield warranties on all of our properties. It's hard to do on five families and greater, but all of our single families, American Home Shield warranties is like 350 bucks a year. If anything breaks in the property, um, we have given the tenants uh, permission to call and schedule with AHS. And if it's a tenant caused problem, the tenant has to pay the deductible hundred bucks. And if it's just a functional issue with the property, like a furnace fails, then we'll pay the deductible. But that's how you can do it without having to worry about these properties, you know, basically falling apart around you. But the main thing is, Don't buy properties that don't have cash flow. Don't buy properties with the idea that you're going to somehow basically it'll all come out for you at the end just through appreciation. It can happen, and obviously it does happen, but the smarter way to think of it is look for appreciation. Depreciation is another thing we're going to talk about. That's a tax thing, like I said. And then, of course, cash flow. You get all three of those things working for you guys. It does not take long as long as you're managing your personal expenses for you to be rich, and rich is where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Um, there are still places in the country where you can purchase properties for less than a hundred grand, but the problem with those properties, I get questions as I'm, and I'm addressing this question. The problem with those areas is they're probably marginal. In other words, they could just as easily drop to no grand. There's properties in Michigan guys that you could still purchase for 10 or $15,000, but the areas are so marginal that the property could go down to nothing. Who, you know, how are you going to collect tenant uh, rent from the tenants in those areas? So look for nice single family houses. We're going to give you our personal formula and more information, on how you can go about doing it. So all of you should be setting a goal of purchasing, you know, one, two, five, 10 rental properties this year and think big. So if you're thinking about buying one, think about buying two. If you're thinking about buying five, think about buying 10. Oh my gosh, again, I'm going to say this for the fourth time today. Houses in my marketplace don't make sense because I got this email probably like 30 times. Look outside of your market. You know, there's real estate. You folks on the coast, you guys call the rest of us flyover? Well, guess what? <laughs> we make great money at cash flow on our rental properties in these flyover states. Maybe you ought to stop over one day and have a poke around, have a look around. So there it is. We love this topic. This is something that we've been doing. Uh, Julie and I have been married 27 years this year. Uh, we bought our first investment property when we were in college. We were 22 and 23, I think. And we bought our first property. Was on East Jeffrey and 43214. Now, we made the mistake, and this is the only investment property we ever sold, of selling it. We shouldn't have. We should have kept it because we bought that property. Now, this was 25 years ago. We bought that property for 71000 and now that property is probably worth 185 or 190, right? I mean, that would have been a nice one to keep. So, guys, here it is. This is your way forward. Unless you're born with a silver spoon... Unless you somehow have a you know, a rich aunt that's going to pass along a lot of money to you, you're probably going to have um, no way of actually accumulating enough money to be a millionaire, enough money to be rich where your money works for you, no longer work for your money, other than what we're prescribing to you. It works in every market and it works for every person. You just have to be disciplined about it. If you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. I suspect that this show, this series on investing is going to go on for the rest of the month. So make sure you guys tune in and listen. We're going to keep these in a sequential order so you can refer back to them at any time. If you need us for anything, obviously, I just said it, but it's Tim at com or Julie at com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching.